It's hard to feel free when the world is crashing down around us and we're shut up in our homes practicing social distancing. But you don't have to feel trapped. You can write your way to freedom. Welcome to the Right Away Podcast. Hello, friends. This is episode number 32 of the Right Away Podcast, and it is the 25th of February, 2021, as we are recording. I'm J.P. Reinflush with my co-host... Chris Kane. Hello, Chris. How has your week been? It's been busy. (laughs) I had my LASIK surgery two days ago and my left eye is doing great, like no problems. But my right eye, the way the doctor phrases it was, there's a little defect, which I think he means he ripped something. But the layer, the skin layer of the eye that heals. So it just means it's going to take longer to heal. And right before we started recording, I was trying to get like, it felt like there was like a hair poking me in my eye. So I like tried to brush it out and I touched my eye. And now I look like I've been sobbing for hours. Uh, Well, that sounds really rough. And thank you for coming on to (laughs) it. You should be more than that. Yeah, I've had a much better week. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Good. I don't think I can top yours in the the aspect, but I've had a good week. Lots of writing in that whole time blocking thing that I was talking about has been working fantastically and I've just been keeping up with it. The more that I do it every day is it increases almost like a muscle. So, you know, all those people that say that and then everyone's like, no, that's not true for me. I'm here to tell you it probably is true for you. You should probably do it, but you do you and that's how we'll go on. So today, let's talk about thriving versus striving or surviving. I'm curious on your thoughts on this one. Yeah, this is a topic that I have a lot of emotion and a lot of thoughts about because when I started publishing, I was in hardcore survival mode. I mean, I had, between my ex and I, we basically had no income. He was doing tours in Costa Rica here for tips. And we were draining the dregs of our savings, maxing out our credit cards just to like survive with a newborn baby. And then we got to the point where that was no longer going to be an option. And so we flew back to New York to move in with my parents. And I started publishing right away, not expecting it to do anything, but it did take off. And yet, even though I was covering our income covering my expenses, even being able to somewhat pay off the debt that we had earned up, I was still stuck in survival mode. This constant fear that what we had incoming was never going to be enough and that I always had to be working and that I always had to be doing other things. And that's a really rough place to be in and a place I know that many people have been in, especially in 2020, when everything that we thought was solid kind of got ripped away from us. Did you experience any of that? Because your job seemed like it flowed fairly easily into recovery mode. Yeah, I would say I felt pretty stable in my Mm -hmm. position I mean maybe that is a a silly presumption but at the same point like I work in an industry that's considered essential and well my position may not necessarily be essential it didn't concern me too much I just accepted that whatever happens happens and I think that that's part of mindset Mm because I try to make great effort to not be in the strive or survive mode yeah and 
honestly, one of the factors in me being stuck in survival mode was I had a partner who was terrible with money. And so I realized after we separated that it really didn't matter how much I made, there was never going to be enough with someone who didn't believe in budgeting, didn't believe in saving, didn't believe in investing. Like he liked all those as ideas, but he wasn't willing to do the work or let go of some things in the day-to-day life to be able to do those. How do we get from survival to strive? Well, first of all, when you are in survival mode, when you're in true survival mode, when you don't have space to do anything other than the necessaries, that's okay. You only have to focus on the necessaries. I know so many writers who are struggling to cover their income with their day job that they have, and they're beating themselves up over not writing. And this kind of plays back to our short-term gains versus long-term goals conversation. But when you're in that place, it's really hard to have energy to work on the things that you love and want to do. If you can carve out time for them, awesome. If you can only carve out a smidgen of time for them, beautiful. But don't beat yourself up that you don't have the energy or the time to throw at it the way you want to. The number one things you have to cover when you're in survival mode are your bare necessities, roof over your head and food, medical. And then you go to physical health, like your physical, emotional, spiritual health. First, a lot of us, people who are listening to this podcast, when we're in survival mode, we do need to be creating something to feel like we still have a piece of ourselves. But you may have to adjust your expectations of yourself because when you're in survival mode, so much invisible energy is going toward thinking about today and the future and do we have what we need and you look at your time and you think well I ought to be able to do the things I need to do and the things I want to do but you don't see those invisible wheels that are spending your energy in the back of your brain so be kind to yourself when you're in survival mode Yeah, I think what you had mentioned about if you don't have the time, it's okay. And that conversation that made me think back to when I was off for work and I had those uh, week or two weeks and I had in my mind, like, oh, I can write every day. Everything's perfect. And then when I came back to the day job, I, I tried to take those time blocks and put them back into the fact that I now have an additional eight hours of work that's no longer a part of my writing day job you know like it's part of my day job and now I've mixed some writing with it and it's not going to be the same and I think that for those people that have the day job you can't set expectations in the same aspect that a full-time writer can you have to account for your day job and you have to account for those you know the time in between it takes to mentally prepare yourself for a day job mentally leave that day job and all of those sorts of pieces to it because I definitely set myself in the same expectations as a full-time author, even though I know I can't. And so all that does is that puts me in that strife or that survival mode when I have to just look at the fact that the time that I can carve out is the time that I will be able to move towards what I want, towards my goals. But that may be 15 minutes and that's fine. That's brings up a really important point that you can still be in survival mode when you have more than enough financial coverage. Mm -hmm. When I was working my software development job, the job I was in was pretty miserable. Like the people who I worked with, 
weren't good managers. It was all, there was always some stress or another going on at the job. They didn't fire people who they should have fired, who made life difficult for the rest of us who were actually working. And I was in a different kind of survival mode with that job. I desperately wanted to get out of that job. But it was in a way it was different because there was the financial comfort. And so I didn't go looking for other jobs. I was determined to pull myself out of it with writing, but also didn't have the energy because I was in this metaphorical job to do the things that would pull me out of the job. Mm -hmm. So for people who are in that kind of survival mindset where they're in a job that provides really well and it's draining them. If it is reasonable to consider a different job, even though it's terrifying, I would suggest you do it. Don't let yourself get stuck in the trap, which is survival mode can become a trap. Don't let yourself get in the stuck in the survival mode trap. Yeah, I definitely had that when I worked at a different company because it was I think my second job out of college and the the expectation of the day was there was a pile of work basically and there was six of us and we had to tackle that work. Well, all of a sudden you start comparing yourself to others, you realize that others who've been there for a decade or more are maybe slower than you. Maybe they are more checked out than you. And all of a sudden you start getting all this sort of frustration, like, well, why aren't they doing what I'm doing? Why don't they have the drive that I have? And then you bring that home (laughs) and then you start complaining to your partner, which I did. And it, it just feeds itself and it becomes this kind of frustration and this struggle. And it took a while, but eventually my partner was like, why do you keep bringing this anger and this frustration home? And that's when I had to take a step back and I was like, hold up a minute. It doesn't matter. (laughs) None of it matters. Ultimately, as long as you are not doing a job that will inevitably kill someone, the job doesn't necessarily matter in the grand scheme of things. And so when I started to approach it in that mindset that like my success is not determined on the people around me and their success. It's determined on my own internal growth and how I perceive the space around me. That's when I started to realize it's okay that this person goes three to five times slower than I do. It's okay that they're mentally checked out. If they're just another body here, that's fine. I'm here to do my work. I'm here to prove what I'm capable of proving and progress where I need to go. And if other people aren't willing to go with me, then they will stay behind. And I think that once I I had that mindset, that's really when the whole like thriving, regardless of the situation that I'm in, has taken that forefront step. Yeah, accepting a don't give a fuck attitude regarding how external rules or people say you ought to be or what you imagine they say you ought to be is a really important step. Like you've got to look at your goals, be like, hey, my goal is to no longer live paycheck to paycheck or my goal is simply to have a roof over your head, food on the table and diapers for your baby, whatever it is. Like if I've got those things, I've succeeded. And especially when kids are in the picture, it's so hard, but I'm always looking at this particular phase, whatever the particularly difficult phase is at the moment will not last forever. And yes, I've committed to about two decades of craziness with a child, but that's only two decades of my life. And the need he has for me percentage wise will diminish over time. It's not a deprecating value. He increases in value as he gets older personally, I think but a deprecating cost? I don't know. Yeah. I think that a lot of it involves mindset, but at the same aspect, obviously 
I always bring this up. Mindset does not necessarily mean that someone who's suffering from depression can just get out of their depression. Mm -hmm. So I would take a look at what your situation is. If you're capable of shifting that mindset, then I'm all for it. But if you need help, that's okay too. Go seek out help. That is another step towards taking yourself out of that strife, out of that struggle is to find someone to talk to. And maybe it's some sort of brain chemistry and maybe you need some help in that aspect as well. But all of these, regardless of where you are on whatever spectrum are all steps towards getting someone towards more of that thriving mindset. Yeah, you're not a failure or you're not doing anything wrong for slipping into survival mode brain. It is a coping mechanism. It is a natural response to difficult situations. And we pick it up because it helps us deal with the situation we have. When it becomes less helpful is when we are moving out of the difficult situation, but we've still got that coping mechanism. I was in survival brain for years. Even when I had three $10,000 months in a row, when I had a six-figure year from my writing, I was still in survival mode. Yes, I was spending money more freely because I did feel comfortable in that, but it affected my work ethic in that I worked too much, too hard, not giving myself enough breaks for my body to recover, aches, pains, carpal tunnel. But I think one of the biggest tools that helped me was a form of gratitudes. They weren't like formal gratitudes, but I would, I did have an occasional practice of sitting down and like writing down all the things I was thankful for. I'm really bad at keeping to a schedule. So I didn't do it like weekly or daily or anything. I just did it whenever I really felt myself getting anxious and down, like I would write down all the things that I did have which I think is one of the really important ways of getting out of survival mode is in survival mode, you don't have the things you need, whether it's support or it's finance or whatever, you don't have them. So when you sit down and you make a to list, you write out the things you do have and force your brain to recognize I am not in that place anymore. For me, the second thing that's really helped me has been for me, most of mine is financial, like just being terrified of going homeless again, having to move in my parents again. I just had this deep visceral fear. It also bothered me because I know they're not well off. I was putting a burden on them by moving in. So just a lot of fear wrapped up in that. And when I started going to do like my monthly reconciliation, not my bank accounts for my business and just see because KDP reports two months before we receive our income, kind of see how much money I was going to have for the next two months. Having that 60-day outlook is beautiful. It really gives me a lot of security to know at least for the next two months, I know what's coming in. And when I started going and seeing, one, there was more than I expected. Two, there was more than I needed. And three, like I'm able to like finally catch up on the real debts that I had. Slowly, the fear started to heal. And the key that I've learned is not necessarily that you have to make a lot of money. It helps if that's where your survival mechanism is. But making sure that you're aware of the difference between then and now and having clear pictures of what it is that you're afraid of and what it is that you are currently in. There's a lot of other things that have come out of 
being in thriving mode, like I work a lot less and I am surrounded by friends who are in the gung-ho first two, three years of their entrepreneurial authorship phase and they work so hard. And I know that I worked just that hard during those phases, but it can be really addictive to be like, oh, I need to work as hard as them. Like what you were talking about with that comparisonitis. And again, drawing a clear picture, like I am not in that particular growth phase of my business. I do not have to work that hard and it is not necessarily healthy for me to work that hard. It's not necessarily healthy for them to work that hard, but it is understandable and okay during certain phases of your life. And over and over, I guess the thing we keep saying is just be aware, be aware of what it is you actually need, what you're putting up with for a reason and what you really need to ditch. Yeah, I agree. And then another thing I wanted to bring up with thriving is I think that community is like one of the most Mm. important things to thrive in. I've definitely found that once I started to join into on the whole TASM group, but then before that, even going to Jay and Zach's events, it wasn't really until that moment where I met other people who were in the same mindset as me that I felt like I, I grew exponentially from that point on. And I think that finding those sorts of communities where people help each other out, even if it's just being present in a room where no one is talking and we're all just writing, fantastic. I feel like the work is getting done because I feel like there's this collective mind, you know, there's someone else that's doing the same thing as I am and I'm one computer away from them. And it feeds into itself. It gives you energy. It gives other people energy. You don't have to like... I don't necessarily chat all the time in the whole Slack group, but it's just reading the comments that people have, seeing that people have those same sorts of struggles. Or if I see a question that I'm like, oh, that could be useful in the future. Seeing those conversations just really make me feel part of a community and it makes me feel like I'm thriving. I think that without that, it would just be someone kind of, I don't know, I don't know how well I could keep up the thriving mindset alone without that sort of I don't want to say external validation because that's not really it, but it's sort of just the community. It's just like having a group of like-minded people nearby. I don't know how any author continues to write without having writer friends personally. I know that there are people who do. They have such a strong internal push for it, but I also thrive off of having the connections, having somebody to go to with a question or a problem versus having to bear all the weight and energy spent on figuring something out on my own. I have almost always had a writer group. When I was lived in Nashville, there was the Nashville Writers Meetup. And then every time I stopped writing was when I didn't have a writer's group of some sort, even if it was just like a couple of friends who we shared whatever we were working on at that time. So if you're in survival mode and writing's important to you, reach out to groups where you might make connections. It's really hard with some of the bigger Facebook groups because you're a little fish lost in the sea, but not impossible. Another way is your favorite author's Facebook groups. Look for other readers who are talking about writing and starting and see if you can connect with them. Of course, there's the Author Success Mastermind that we have a membership in. I help run it with Jay Thorne. That's an amazing community. 
very much a writer family. And the key is just to find at least one person who you click with and who you can talk to about your dreams and your problems and somebody who can share some of their energy for the creation. Because a lot of that's that's what happens. You get talking about writing and the particular problems in your manuscript or just books you love. And then all of a sudden you have built up, Becca Symes would refer to it as energy pennies. You've built up energy pennies that you can now spend doing the thing you want to do. There's also this podcast. We're here. There's us. <laughs> Join our mailing list and you'll get extra thoughts from us every week. And you can actually comment there and we can have conversations in the comments. So that's a great reason to join. Or on the website, we've got comments there. We're trying to be better about responding to them. I think your co-writer, Abe, was one of the last people to leave a comment. And I responded and I was like, oh, in my head, JP, we need to bring that up on the podcast because he had some good points. And then in real life, I didn't do anything. Sorry, Abe. We will collate comments and probably bring them up maybe next episode. All right. That sounds good. A reminder that this March book for our book club is called You're Gonna Need a Bigger Story. It is only in paperback. It's very long and dense and it's so good. Also for crazy people like me that take notes while they write, you'll need a journal next to this one to start writing it. Unless you write in the book like a monster. I do write in the book like a monster. Mm -hmm. All right, book club goes live the 18th. So we'd love to hear your thoughts on it and how you're going to apply it to your book when we get there. But to wrap up this episode of Thriving versus Striving... My question would be, how many of you feel you are in survival mode and what does that look like for you? And what do you imagine thriving to look like? If you're not in survival mode, what does your thriving look like? All right. So leave a comment on the website and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Goodbye. We did it. Woohoo. Yay. <laughs> I forget exactly what date we're doing that. Give me a moment to pull that up. Later in March, because damn, this book is a hefty book. It's thick. How far are you into it? Uh, not very. <laughs> I mean, it's our recording is Wednesday. No, this Wednesday? No. No, you're right. I was looking at the calendar. Where two Wednesdays? The is it two Wednesdays? Day? It is the 10th. Yeah. What's today? I got time. Okay, good. Don't freak me out. What's wrong with you? I freaked myself out, okay?